Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. As we saw, and as you can verify when you look up into the sky tonight, there's objects out there and there's space. That's basically what the world consists of. And the two dimensions are within you. And humans have become lost in one. So we are here to realize that dimension. It cannot be realized in the future. It cannot be made into an object of a search because it's here now. The moment you're looking for it, you create a future. Now, what is future? It's a thought form. Apart from that, there is no future except as a thought form. cannot come except as now. So it's now the arising of space consciousness or the realization of space consciousness is here now 
For example, it happens when you acknowledge not only the words that you hear. Acknowledge simply means pay attention. Notice. Just as noticing here, there are two dimensions just the same as when you look up into the sky at night, you will find there are two dimensions. There are the words here and there's a silent space or stillness in which the words happen. surgery on anxiety. 
And anxiety is just a physiological response. It is not psychological. And if you're threatened by anything, particularly mental threats, your body responds. And so you have this inflammatory reaction that consumes your whole body. But it really, this chronic worrying and anxiety translates into physical symptoms. And I've also come to the conclusion that the mind and body are not separate at all. And when you say, think your way out of pain, when you talk about mindfulness meditation, remember, anxiety is a total body response to the environment. So you're absolutely right. When you relax, meditate, what you're doing, you're lowering these stress chemicals. You're lowering the cytokines, the inflammatory cytokines that are damaging. But you look at Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, heart Mm -hmm. disease, hypertension, diabetes, all of those are from chronic inflammation. So when you do your tools that you talk about relaxation, you're physically lowering those inflammatory markers and creating a sense of safety where the tissues thrive instead of being destroyed by chronic inflammation. Yeah, that requires so much inner strength, Dr. Hanscom. It's like you have to really develop a pattern of thinking that can really shift, you know, that old way that kind of got us to where we are in terms of our health. Now, you must have been going through something in the past or something in your own personal life. You know, after studying medicine and doing surgery, that's not an easy profession to give up. What were you going through that really brought you to this point where you said, I can't do this anymore, there's something more I need to be doing when it comes on to health? Well, we developed a process where we were able to guide people back to health, again, mentioning some of the things you talked about, mindfulness, meditation, relaxation, but those are not part of mainstream thinking. And as a physician, we're taught to do surgery and work on structure, but what we find out through a process of awareness, relaxation, and optimizing the body's chemistry, people will get better without surgery. So we're watching hundreds of patients go to pain-free, and then surgery has about a 20% success rate for back pain. So what happened, I'm watching hundreds of patients go to pain-free, and then people being badly damaged by surgery that they didn't need, and the contrast became too much. I just couldn't do this anymore. And then when you quit and you moved on, what did you start to do? Like, what was your next step? Well, I've actually started the process about 10 years ago, so it's been rather challenging trying to write the book, lecture, teach, and also run a full-time practice. So what I've done is basically gone full blast into getting the message out that, look, Medicine has become dangerous. We're not talking to our patients. We're not figuring out the problem. Again, this is a, not a psychological construct, but to treat a patient effectively, you have to know who this person is because if they're under constant threat, the body chemistry is altered. That's a physical change in their body. If you intervene in a situation where the nervous system is fired up, your body chemistry is off, it's dangerous for the patient, the outcomes are poor, there's unnecessary risk and cost. Then in spine surgery particularly, when you do an operation that doesn't work, then nobody wants to take care of you. Your pain is often worse. And I call it the surgical scrap heap where the surgeon gets paid, goes on about his or her life, and the patient gets to suffer the rest of their life. It's pretty terrible. Yeah, that sounds like it. And, you know, as you look at your life today with process that you've gone through, and your book that you have written, what do you think is the main message in your book? Do you really need spine surgery that you're trying to convey to the readers? 
Well, a couple things. The first of all, that we keep researching for an answer to chronic pain. We already know how to solve it. The treatments have been well-documented and effective. Unfortunately, they're not covered by insurance. They're not being offered or delivered. So by using a multi-pronged, self-directed approach, chronic pain is solvable. Medicine looks like it's something to be managed. Second message is that medicine right now is dangerous for the patient. Essentially, every intervention we do in the presence of chronic pain has been documented to actually be ineffective. And we keep doing it. We know one way to induce depression is keep raising people's hopes and dashing them. That's a psychological construct. And so we keep offering things that we know that don't work. I'm not trying to vilify individual doctors. The reason why I went into medicine is because we had a high level of compassion. That's been measured. But what's happened, we're actually being forced by the business of medicine to not spend time with their patients. So the essence of healing is feeling safe. And when you connect to your own capacity to heal and feel safe, it changes the body's chemistry, and many, many physical symptoms literally disappear. Now, I'm going to sound like the angel's advocate, but it's not intentional. I just wanted to hear your thoughts on it. With Google, with so much information out there, with the fact that we know that we have to be responsible for our health and well-being, to what extent do we stop imposing pressure onto our health care providers to make us well when we haven't been doing the work on ourselves? Are there any thoughts that you might have to share on that? Because sometimes I do feel that we need to also, as patients, be responsible for taking care of ourselves, and we don't. You know, we go to you and we want you to heal us while we don't change our habits and behavior. Right. It's a catch-22 here because the essence of healing is connecting to your own capacity to heal, which means you take complete charge. So the tipping point is if somebody's willing to take charge, be responsible for their health in general, why they do well. If they don't take charge, they simply don't heal. So it turns out that anger is the tipping point for healing or not because people blame their doctors, they blame their environment, they blame their families for their past, etc. As long as you're holding on to anger, your body chemistry is elevated. So anxiety is a physiological response to a threat. In other words, your body's adrenaline, cortisol, and different chemicals get elevated. When you're angry, they're really elevated, especially when you don't take control. So what happens is that it's really critical to take charge, which means you take control. Remember, one of the antidotes to anxiety is control. So that is the essence of the solution is taking charge. But the other part of the problem is is that the disease process actually blocks the treatment. In other words, we intellectually know we should be responsible, but when your mind's spinning out of control, you're desperate, you're frustrated, repeatedly having dashed hopes, you actually can't blame people for not taking control. Does that make sense? And so what happens, unfortunately, this anxiety-anger reaction is unconscious. The unconscious brain processes about 20 million bits of information per second, the conscious brain only processes 40. It's 20 million versus 40. So you have these little spinning circuits in your head that aren't rational. And the tools you talk about, like calming down, relaxation, mindfulness, exercise, etc., what they do, when you start lowering the body's chemistry, it changes the blood flow to the brain. You can think more clearly. And what I'm always challenged by is that entry into brain to start the process. Once you start it, it's a matter of time. You can't fix yourself, but you can allow yourself to heal. Did I explain that clearly enough? You know what I mean? It's easy to blame everybody. 
I get it. The reason why I ask is that, you know, I've witnessed my own mother suffer with mental anxiety, and she has served that thought so much that she deeply believes she's in physical pain. And one of the things that you've said is that you feel that mental pain is even bigger of a problem than physical pain. And I get that, but I'd like if you can also elaborate even more on that for some of our listeners who might be going through something similar. Right. I think that the basis for pain is disruptive thoughts. First of all, you cannot escape your thoughts. I call it the curse of consciousness. The only thing you can do is to separate from your thoughts. So what happens, the thoughts aren't the problem, it's a chemical reaction to them. And then when you suppress these thoughts that are unpleasant, every human being has this problem, they spin faster and faster and faster. They're like mini tornadoes or those dust devils in the desert. So what happens, you have these spinning circuits, I call it phantom brain pain, that you can't penetrate. You have to sort of calm things down to lower the body's chemistry. Then you can start to engage in tools that allow these things to quiet down. So it's a matter of calming down, creating a vision, and moving forward. There's an exercise called expressive writing that allows you to separate from your thoughts. Again, you can't control them or fix them. But it shows that when people are under chronic stress, your body responds exactly the same way as it does to a physical threat. So going back to the conversation, a threat is a threat, whether it's mental or physical. The reason why the mental pain is a bigger problem is because you can't escape it. I call the curse of consciousness. Could you tell me more? Because what if the person just stays stuck there? Is there really a way for them out? Absolutely. I mean, we have hundreds of patients going pain-free. Let me just give you one example of a gentleman who I just met. I never treated him. He was in chronic pain for 20 years. He's now in his mid-60s. He had suicide attempts, alcohol issues, severe anxiety, anger, depression, the whole thing. And about three years ago, we met a physician down in Southern California who is a physiatrist who just had a great patient report, started to talk to him, calm him down, meet with him. Then he happened to run across my book about six weeks later and went through the process of the writing relaxation, which I think starts to break up these circuits. He had 27 surgeries in 20 years. I thought that was absolutely impossible to heal from. So I talked to him last week. He's been pain-free for two years. He says he hasn't felt as good since he was 30 years old. So what happens once you break away from these thoughts and repetitive thought patterns, then you actually allow yourself to thrive and become creative. What happens when people break free from the pain, not only do they go to pain-free, they begin to thrive at a level that they've never existed at before, including myself. I was in chronic pain for 15 solid years, with the last seven of those being horrible, terrible, intolerable, whatever you want to call it. So not only am I fine, I'm just experiencing life at a level that I never knew was possible because the creativity comes back. You're not fighting the anxiety. Again, people think of anxiety as a psychological issue where it's actually elevated stress chemicals. And so the whole process of actually separating from these chemical reactions, calming them down, creating a vision of what you want your life to look like, what happens is based on neuroplasticity and that your brain will form whatever direction that you would like. And so as you repetitively reinforce the circuits that you want, then your brain starts to physically change. You can literally can rewire your brain around anything. Right. I've heard about that a lot. 
So let's say that somebody actually has a physical ailment and they were in an accident and they came to you for spinal surgery. Is there a way that they could mentally try to help to cure themselves? Definitely. I'm not against surgery. There's a bone spur pinching a nerve. The surgery works beautifully. I'm not against that at all. Probably 70% of spine surgery should not be done on normal spines. But if you have a structural problem, what we started to do is we would spend at least 8 to 12 weeks calming people down first. What surprised me is over 100 patients with surgical problems actually canceled their surgery because the pain disappeared. Now, again, it wasn't positive thinking. It wasn't mind over matter. And what it is, in a way, is literally surrendering to the pain. Okay, this is my life. Here's my pain. And you start to go a different direction. As you start going a different direction and calm things down, it changes the speed of conduction of the nerve, and the pain actually disappears. So the patients we didn't do surgery on that normally I would have done surgery on, it wasn't like telling them to live with their pain. It was a matter of saying, look, calm things down. When we do the surgery, it's going to work better. But when the patient started canceling surgery with structural bone spurs, I was shocked. And it literally put myself out of business. I bet you did. <laughs> well, I mean, normally surgeons operate on about 10% of the patients that they see. In this day and age, right. they become much more aggressive. It's about 20 to 30%. Some practices up to 50%. So my surgical rate dropped down to about 4% by the time I got done. And I have to tell you, there's a huge physician burnout problem, which may be a topic of another conversation, but... The number one thing that prevents burnout is actually talking to the patients. So remember, the doctor also is working like an assembly line worker, going through prescription after prescription after prescription. They don't know who people are. The patients don't know the doctor. There's not that sense of safety. And I think that right now the business of medicine is largely responsible for homelessness or societal disruption. I think they're actually largely responsible for this epidemic because we've actually created disability, which has compromised people's immune systems, we're much more vulnerable to it. And the system is focused on illness rather than wellness, so we're not responding to this epidemic very well as a medical culture. So the number one thing with the doctor-patient relationship is safety. And if you can't go to your doctor and feel safe, where do you go? That's the one spot historically that's been safe, and it's not there anymore. And again, the doctors themselves get energized by talking to their patients, but we're on quotas, we're monitored, We actually have computer programs that measure our contribution to the profit margin, which, by the way, is based on procedures that don't work. So we're in this mill or assembly line mindset as physicians. We're not understanding our patients. And I think what the business of medicine has missed, that we know that listening is actually a healing modality in and of itself. And I didn't understand that until I got into this inflammatory phase of chronic disease, is that when you don't feel listened to, you're still anxious and frustrated, your threat chemicals are high, it causes actual tissue damage. So we think even depression, psychosis, bipolar, are actually inflammatory disorders of the brain. The brain is actually literally on fire. So can I ask you, what procedures or how can somebody connect with you to learn about the process that you offer to help them to be pain-free? really interested to see if I can get my mother into your program. And we've had the best of everyone, and I'm not even denying that who they are and what they've done hasn't worked. But I think sometimes it's really up to her to determine what she's going to resonate with. I mean, 
there's not a day that has gone by in the last 10 years or maybe more that she doesn't wake up that she's in excruciating pain and she's going to die. Do you mind if I ask you how old she is? She's about 75 now. Okay, so in this day and age, not that old, really. Yeah, it's all over her body now. It started in one place and now it's everywhere. Right, so that's classic. And those are the scenarios that we love to see. I mean, doctors dread that kind of symptom because they can't see where the source is. And mm-hmm. there's a term called medically unexplained symptoms, which is not true. Sure. Right. So when your body's full of stress chemicals, there's something wrong. And so the nerves are inflamed. Her nerve conduction is double. It's not imaginary pain. Unfortunately, that's what's perceived by people. And so I would love to talk to her. There's a couple things she can do. So I have a website called backincontrol.com. This is okay. a very self-directed process. The second thing is that the book is Back in Control, A Surgeon's Roadmap Out of Chronic Pain. And the key with that is look at that as a reference point. And this is not a one, two, three in your fixed process. What it is, you're learning tools that learn to calm down your nervous system. Everybody does it differently. So she's welcome to hop on the website every Tuesday and Thursday at 12 o'clock. It's on the website, Pacific Time. I have an open question and answer period where she can just hop on and ask questions. About 20 to 30 people hop on every Tuesday and Thursday. And then I don't think she's surgical, but when you have total body pain, which is fascinating and disturbing for me, is lots of people have fibromyalgia, which mm-hmm. is considered sort of a death knell diagnosis. It's not a problem. We love fibromyalgia. Because what happens when they do these research MRI scans on people with fibromyalgia your brain lights up like a Christmas tree. There's electrical activity all over the brain. We know the body is full of inflammatory markers. So your brain and body are literally on fire. And so as you use the tools to calm things down, it works beautifully. So she's a great candidate, but here's the problem. When you're in that fight phase that she's in, and you're full of these inflammatory chemicals, you're actually full of dopamine at the same time, and it becomes addicting. So we do know from research MRI scans of the brain, and also the body's chemistry, that people become addicted to their pain. So I don't know how to approach her. And the number one prognostic factor is whether people are willing to engage or not. My biggest challenge by far and away, and it took me many years to figure this out, is that I thought, well, why wouldn't anybody want to get rid of their pain? And the reason is that it's powerful. I mean, you expect less of yourself. People expect less of you. You also get used to it. It's a familiar pattern. But on top of it, it actually is truly addicting. So when you talk to her, my suggestion is say, hey, look, here's some homework. And what I've also learned, and this is something I had to work on last few years in my practice, people in chronic pain are suffering horribly. People don't really understand that, so they don't get much sympathy from people, especially the doctors, by the way. You go to your doctor, you're having total body pain, Again, in the physician's defense, they're not trained to actually take care of this, including myself historically. So the data shows only 20% of physicians are comfortable managing chronic pain. Less than 1% enjoy it. If you're the patient and on the receiving end of that, it doesn't feel very good. So you get more and more frustrated, which makes the disease more and more of a problem. So the way to present it is just simply, hey, look, what you're doing if you're walking with this huge solution to her suffering, it sort of dishonors her in a way right? Understanding the amount of suffering she's going through. And I'm just guessing she discusses her pain a lot. She talks about her pain. Yeah, I mean, that's the only narrative that she knows right now. 
We try to be present. We try to be there. For example, if I'm producing the show and I'm in studio, that's when she needs to come in to talk. You know, just little things. But, again, it's not about me. The question is, what can we do to break her pattern? I think if anyone actually breaks her emotional, mental pattern, would get an award because she has been to the best. Right. So the answer is yes, you can break through, and it's always a soft approach. When I try to explain pain too much, people didn't know what to do with it. I mean, it's a new concept, and it's really based on neuroplasticity rather than fixing. And the hardest part of the project is about letting go, not fixing. So if you're trying to fix the problem, you actually reinforce the problem. You're not on the solution. I would just offer some homework, say, look, here's what you want to do. This will learn about pain. And then what I would also recommend, again, gently suggesting that when the family gets involved in the process, it's called mirror neurons, it actually helps the other person start to engage and get better. For instance, if you get a little bit triggered or frustrated, it probably gets magnified 10 to 1 in her brain through a direct mirror neuron effect. And so what happens as you or your family go through the process that are around her, actually starts making a big difference through mirror neurons. Secondly, and this one's hard. I don't know this is a good starting place, but let's say you're in my office with chronic pain, and I did not realize until we did our workshops how much people talked about their chronic pain, but people in chronic pain talk about their pain probably 70% of the waking hours, including myself historically, and it's understandable. I mean, you want a solution, you're desperate. Then what happens is it comes what I call phantom brain pain. You get these spinning circuits that just keep going and going and going, So the narrative does turn out to be the same. I would say, look, when you walk into my office, you will never discuss your pain ever again. found out it was the fastest way to break up the patterns you can imagine. It was hard. People would often look at me and go, well, what do I talk about? And I didn't get it for a long time. And even still on our roundtables on Tuesdays and Thursdays, people want to discuss their pain. We're gently reminded that we're looking for solutions and strategies and support. So that's the number one thing. There's also no complaining no gossiping, no giving unasked for advice, no being critical of other people, because that's where your brain's going to develop. And so when you're in any one of those mindsets, angry, frustrated, critical, whatever, it changes your body's chemistry. And again, it's more about the body's physiology than it is about psychology. Even though psychology has input into the process, you're still looking at your body's chemistry. So as a family, and again, I'm not saying this is easy, one suggestion I would have as a family member to say, look, I have learned it's really counterproductive for me to listen to you talk about your pain. It's counterproductive for you, but it also doesn't help my pain or my anxiety. It's not good for our relationship. So I would just gently set that up as a potential entry point. Mm-hmm. Is that possible? I can try. And I'm open because she's such a good person. And we want to be able to offer her anything that you need to really get by during this particular time. I mean, obviously you feel like you're helping her by listening to her discuss her pain, right? You feel like you're supportive. Mm -hmm. But the problem is you're actually reinforcing it. It's actually very counterproductive. It's a little bit hard to get your head around it. I get it. But we understand that as you listen to her, she's reinforcing these pathways. And when you engage with them, it makes it even worse and so, obviously, do it in a gentle way, but that just would firmly remind her that I want to know who you are, I want to have a good time with you, and discussing the pain isn't good for either one of us, especially her. So, really to understand it from a neuroplasticity standpoint, listening to her discuss her pain is actually hurting her. 
It's hurting her? Yeah, because that's where her brain's going to develop. It's actually making the pain circuits worse. And remember, this is about neuroplasticity, so as you spend time on these pain circuits, they become stronger. And so the more time she spends talking about those, why the stronger they become. So actually come up with books to read or movies to discuss. Because what happens, you as a person, you also get pulled into these familiar patterns, and it's hard to break out of those patterns yourself. And so watching your responses to her, watching the patterns of conversation, becoming creative about what you could talk about differently. And I've been through this myself multiple times. But the key issue here is neuroplasticity by helping her go a different direction gently and consistently, her brain will start to change. And that's probably a better approach than coming in and say, well, when do you get you fixed or here's the solution? But what you're trying to do is stay gentle, keep her nervous system calm down. If there's abrupt rules and we're not going to do this, we're not going to do this, what, of course, you've done is increased her anxiety, which will make her pain worse. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of a tightrope there. Sure. So when we're looking at healing now, which is a big thing on the planet everywhere, people are really concerned about their well-being. What is that one thought that you would offer every human being to really start at least the process of healing? Each person needs to take individual responsibility. Mm -hmm. And the bottom line is taking full responsibility for yourself And I also have a little resolution for myself, which sounds really simplistic. It's just be nice. Our team found out that we would deal with many patients who were really severe drug addicts, heroin addicts. They had infected spines. And our team did really well with them. It was just the mantra, just being nice. These are people that are suffering terribly, whereas you're being labeled by other people pretty terribly. But just look at the way you behave with other people when you're anxious and frustrated work through the tools, as you connect to yourself and your capacity to heal yourself, then you can reach out to others. But the key issue, again, no discussing pain, no complaining, no gossiping, but it still all boils down to those two words of just be nice. Be nice. I like that. Perfect way to end our conversation. I think you'd be a great candidate to join our spiritual vaccine hour in the evening. I'll have Antonia connect with you and to see if your timing permits Are there any other final thoughts that you would like to share with our amazing audience? Yeah, I appreciate the time talking to you. Obviously, there's many layers to this. As you know, I Mm -hmm. can talk for days on this. But the end of the line is you're in the abyss of pain, and where you want to go is things like play, spiritual journey, and giving back, right? That's a huge shift from the darkness of your pain. So instead of trying to fix the darkness as you move towards the light, makes a huge difference. So again, it's about feeling safe. You want to feel safe with yourself. You want to feel safe with your thoughts. You want to feel safe with your family. Then you can create a net of safety with people around you. But again, boils down to being nice to yourself, nice to people around you. And as you really pursue that, your brain physically changes structure and things start to change. It's really wonderful. Mm, I love that. Leave us with a website that our listeners can get in touch with you. It's backincontrol.com. Then again, on the website, you just have to hit the link to the question and answer period every Tuesdays and Thursdays at noon, Pacific time. We have a great time. I get very inspired myself by this whole process. And for me as a surgeon, by the way, I spent my whole life being frustrated by chronic pain and you know, reactive and, and just trying to get through the day 
and it's by far and away the most rewarding part of my practice to watch people without any hope, totally trapped, not only get free of pain, but thrive at a level, like I said before, you can't imagine. People get remarried again, new relationships, new jobs, new careers. It's really wonderful to watch. It's been an incredibly energizing experience for me. Beautiful. Well, congratulations, and all the very best, Dr. David Hanscom. Your information was extremely eye-opening. Thanks so much. Thank you. All the best. Take care. Thanks. I love Dr. David Hanscom. Wow. It was so clear and simple, and I get it. It's just a matter of sometimes some of us might be in such a place that we just don't know how to do it. I'm going to check out definitely his process. I hope he can join us for our spiritual vaccine hour in the evenings. Anyway, look, if you want more information about Dr. David Hanscom and his readings and his process, go to backincontrol.com for more information. Remember, nobody can take away your happiness unless you give them permission, and we really are here to love each other the same. Practice your traffic control every hour in the hour. Pause for peace. Let's generate some more power and peace in this planet. Here's Coming to the Light by Lucinda Drayton. Take care, everyone. Where do I go with all these feelings and all these faces and open doors when everyone
I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.